Have you heard about boundaries? How could you not? This is such a popular term and boundaries are such a big deal because people are trying to figure out how to navigate being back in the wild after being apart from each other for so long and just the rise of more intelligence, AI, and just reality of everything that's going on. There is so much and people are just trying to navigate having better mental health. It's a real struggle right now if you've been in the world. And I've talked about boundaries before and I'm excited to get into it. Thanks for listening to the Thought Vault podcast today, everyone. I'm your host, Emily Vermillion. I'm a certified Christian life coach, and we are unpacking three essential steps that Jesus actually taught us on how to unclutter our mind, find rest, and achieve a more balanced lifestyle by having boundaries. So don't forget to subscribe and like this show if you're watching it on YouTube, and be sure to leave a review if you're listening to this on the podcast app. Let's dive into how we can have a more transformative life by having better boundaries. I listened to a pastor here on YouTube a while ago about how Jesus exhibited boundaries and how he set them. And he highlighted that in Matthew 13, it it exhibited three ways, three steps that Jesus takes to have better boundaries in his life. And that's where we're going to jump off from today. In Matthew chapter 13, it starts off with saying that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. From this passage, there are three things that stand out about Jesus and his boundaries. One is create space. Jesus left the house he was staying at and went to sit by the sea. He was by himself. As crowds began to gravitate towards him as they did, he decided to get in a boat, sit down, and push himself out into the water. And a crowd gathered and Jesus was speaking with this space apart, physically, mentally, and spiritually. He was setting himself apart. And from a personal experience, like I am an introvert at heart. I'm an introvert extrovert. I can be extroverted, but in my heart to recharge, I am introverted. And I was notorious as a kid to be in my room. So I would be at school, be charged up all day talking to people. And so when I got home, it was like, hi, mom. And I went immediately to my room. My mom quickly learned that she would have to ask me about my day at dinner time because right after school and having to engage for that many hours, I was done. And if she pushed me, how was your day? What did you do? I would get so ill and I would always get in trouble. One of my children went to their room and we have a little baby toddler too who wants to be involved in everyone's life and in everyone's stuff. And so it's hard for the two-year-old to leave anyone alone. And I was in the kitchen cleaning up and I heard the older child saying to the two-year-old, you need to leave me alone. I want to be by myself right now. I need alone time. Of course, before I went and fixed the situation and helped the situation, I was just smiling to myself because I was like, this was so me. I was the oldest. I had two younger siblings. And yes, having little people afoot and always wanting to be in my business was such a bane of my existence then. But it's good to know what you need, right? And this is something that Jesus exhibits. We'll talk about it more in a little bit, but even more than this one passage, like needed time alone and he needed that space. And we need space to think and to not think. We need space to gather and gather our thoughts, gather our emotions and connect with God and sit by ourselves and sit with ourselves. And how can we do that if we have everything scheduled, if we have all our time, all our energy, and all of our thoughts just taken up with what's going on in our world? 
And just as Jesus created this physical space, by getting into a boat to avoid having the people like all up in his grill, he created this space to avoid feeling overwhelmed, right? It gave him space not to be anxious. It gave him the space to think and collect his thoughts. And so for us, this looks like, you know, having more of a a routine, having a better skill set with time management and managing what we say yes to and what we value and prioritizing certain activities in our life and really asking ourselves the question is, does this really fit into what I want for my life or not? And it's so easy to just get caught in the wheel and becoming this like cog in a machine of our life that we've created. But it's okay to take a step back. It's okay to pause. It's okay to feel differently and change your mind. And what God exhibits is that we have to have a healthy guard for our own space, our own thoughts, to sit with ourselves. That's very important to have a healthy relationship with God, especially, and in turn, be able to have enough ability to apply the love and what we're gaining from our relationship with God to ourselves and to really take that in. It's easy to not even pray for an entire day or week because you're just so busy. So having space, create space, that is a boundary tool. You need to implement that. And to plug myself, I do want to plug myself because healthy mindset, time management, navigating how to expend our limited resources is is a practice. And I actually have a course called Calibrate Your Compass, which this is what the resource is all about. It's all about building out a healthy daily life so that you have more margin in your day to actually live your life more fully and more contently and more on purpose. And so there's a link to that course in the description. So go check that out. Super cheap and you have access to it for the lifetime. Okay, so the second thing is make sure that you are heard. So Jesus set a healthy boundary for himself and then decided to share what was on his mind. So he's out in this boat sitting down and naturally he has a prompting because he knows that God is calling people to him to hear from him. And so there's this crowd forming and he thought, here's a time to say what I'm thinking because I'm filling myself with what is needed, what is truly nurturing and sustaining, which is being in the presence of God and being still and gaining from that, gaining wisdom and discernment from being still. So then he decides to share. So they gather and he's heard. He's heard because people trust what he's saying. He physically uses the water that he's sitting on in the boat to just project his voice out onto the beach. So the crowd gathers on the beach and most beaches are like they dip down at the water. So I just picture it being like a little mini amphitheater. And he's out there on the boat and he's sitting and he just starts giving them what the people want. And that's to hear from him. And he has things to offer, obviously, which is why they've gathered there. When we're setting boundaries, we're with ourselves, physically, mentally, spiritually, we can communicate better. And what more of an impact do we have on those in our life and in our life than to be able to communicate effectively? We are in relationship. It doesn't matter if you're married, not married, you have relationships in your life because you're a human being. You interact with people all day long, right? Even if it's just going to the store and getting your groceries, there's a person there to connect with, to communicate with. And so when we approach our life with this being fulfilled and sustained by having good boundaries, healthy time management, healthy routine, healthy connection to the Lord, our communication ability is so much better. 
And community communication has two things, speaking and offering and receiving and listening. So when we are more still, when we've created good balance and boundaries, we can listen better, we can receive more and be able to make better connections and better thoughts and better purposeful words to then communicate out. And you also are so much more in check with your ability to self-regulate. When you are overwhelmed, taxed, stretched way too thin, your reactions are that way too. You don't have time to think. You react in your emotion. You respond with quickness, quickly. And sometimes Jesus would hold his response. Sometimes he never answered. He would just ask a question back to help that person have more abstract thinking and be able to think on their own, answer their own problem by him asking a thoughtful question. And I love that because as a coach, that is like my main goal is to ask good questions because people know what they need to do. People know what what needs to change in their life because they're the ones in their life. I can offer skills and tools and insight from the outside, just like any person that you would go and speak to, a counselor, a therapist, or a coach. But ultimately, like you have a lot of understanding of your situation because you're the one in it and you know how it feels. And as a believer, you have this other connection, more broad and deeper than that, which is with the Lord. And so asking questions was something Jesus mastered. So he was able to think on his feet and know what this person needed to hear in order to have a connection that was meaningful and meant something to them and impacted their life. And so I just feel like if everyone slowed down and was able to have better boundaries like this and create the space they needed to actually connect to what God is doing in their life and working in their life and being present and aware of where God has them, we communicate better and everything would go smoother. (laughs) Communication is a key to life, period, the end. One thing of note is that he was sitting down in the boat, so he was approachable and he was connecting in a way that would help the crowd feel more connected to him. When we are going through conflict or strenuous times or simply just at any point when we are communicating, it needs to be well-received, right? Like, what's the reason to put in the energy and the effort into it if it's not being received? Like this podcast right here. Why why am I putting so much effort and energy into it if people can't understand what I'm saying or receive what I'm hoping that they gain from listening? So we must have an understanding of our listener. And this is where prayer comes in and relying on God's presence when we gain the nuance to how to approach what is needed in the circumstance that we're facing, we're able to be heard when we have created space and we are focused on our communicating and how to go about it. We can't be heard if we're in a reaction mode from heightened emotions or circumstances. We can't expect much if we are always tapped out, which leads seamlessly to this third tip that Jesus exhibits in establishing boundaries, and that's rest. Jesus sat down because he wasn't in a rush. He was resting in the space that he created, making sure that he was heard. And similarly, it's important not to rush through our life, right? What are you trying to teach? How are you communicating? What is the purpose of what you're doing? By creating space and making sure that you're heard, you can rest in the wisdom of God and feel fulfilled. The best days that I have are when I feel like I've been productive in what God is wanting me to focus on. And that fills me up. Like when I get done doing my pot, recording my podcast, I have so much energy because I'm energized by feeling like I've fulfilled something that God has called me to do. And I feel that way when I interact with my kids and I help them have 
moments in their day that improve their life and nurture them and guide them. It's so fulfilling. So when we rest, you are able to glean more wisdom, not rush to the next thing, really embrace what you're doing, give it the attention and the effort that it is needed. Because resting means to slow down, being with, be with God. That's why God called for people to exhibit the Sabbath, because he knows the importance it is to recharge. And just like I mentioned earlier, as an introvert, recharging for me is being in solitude. And that looks different for many people. And how do we recharge? And are you allowing yourself to recharge? It's, this, it's just the, the thing you always hear, like you can't pour from an empty cup. What type of fruit are you reaping if you're constantly pouring from an empty cup, if you're not filling back up, if you're not creating rich soil for your life, you're not reaping good fruit from that. Are your relationships healthy? Is your work even, is the output of your work even good? Is it worth it? So if you're not taking the time to be recharged, and as believers, that means spending time with the Lord, being in prayer, resting, ruminating, meditating on God, then you're not producing things that are worthy. And that makes you feel bad. That makes you feel less than. It makes you feel like you're not doing much. And that's how you go to bed at the end of the day. So many moms will say this. Is, I feel like I've done so much at, today, but at the end of the day, it just looks like the house is a wreck. I got nothing done. That's a sentiment of a lot of moms, especially with small kids. And it's that feeling. It's just like, I've done all these things. I've been spinning my wheels all day and got nowhere. That's the type of life you're living when you don't rest, when you don't exhibit this type of boundary setting. It's so important. We have a refuge in our relationship with God because it gives us rest. It's like calling your mom and hearing her say, it's going to be okay. It's coming home after a long day to your house and it being a refuge for you. So making time for rest is a priority because it's in the stillness that we make the most connection to what we're going through or realize the sweet lessons and the wisdom or the direction that we need to take. It gives us the ability to have God-like epiphanies and solace and fulfillment. We need rest from work. We need rest from chores and house projects. Can I get an amen? Rest from others. Rest for our soul. Prioritizing rest is a practice boundary. Jesus exhibited this boundary, setting principles throughout his life as seen in so many different instances in the Bible. One example is when Jesus withdrew to solitary places to pray. He did this more than once. He did this often. Like in Mark chapter 135, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and they said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. As I'm getting older and wiser, I'm just realizing how much more fulfilled I am when I work to pursue being like Jesus. Jesus knew how to live life well. He didn't have anything, right? He only had what people offered to him. He didn't have a house. He didn't have cars. He didn't have a huge savings account. He didn't have 50 different jackets to put on. He didn't have 100 pairs of shoes. He didn't have a bunch of instruments. He didn't have a pantry of food, literally. He had nothing, and he was so happy. Jesus knew how to live life well. He had all the characteristics that helped himself and others live better, and he offered them freely. That's a real legacy. That's a legacy. And what he shows us as being important is what we should see as important too, and what we should pursue, and how we should prioritize our day. 
in our life. Wow, how different would my day look if I was on a mission to pursue what Jesus would be pursuing if he were in my shoes? That's a wild thought. If Jesus were in my shoes, what would he look, what would be happening in my day if my normal day was happening around Jesus? Now he's in my shoes. What would he do? It's, I love the little acronym for my childhood. What would Jesus do? Because I honestly do use that all the time to help me respond to things and deal with life. And it's just such a perspective. It's such a perspective. What would Jesus do right now? So creating space for personal reflection, prayer, and rejuvenation, ensuring that he was heard is exhibited in Jesus' interactions with his disciples, where he often explained profound truth to them, ensuring they understood his teaching. An example of this is in Mark 6, 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Connecting with others and having the time to have something to bring to the table is some of the best stuff about life. Having those conversations. One of my dreams in life is to be in my 60s in Europe at a villa with my whole family. I'm being my parents, my husband, my children. They will be adults there. I potentially could have my grandkids there. And we're sitting outside in a summer night and we have good food, and we're sitting under like those patio lights that are hanging, and we are just laughing our butts off. We are talking about all kinds of stuff. Politics, what we're eating, what we're doing the next day, about a book someone read, and this crazy thought that they had, and just laughing and just loud banter. That to me is just a vision I want so badly to come to life one day. And connecting with others is that's that communication and if you've been listening to any of the commentary about what's going on in the world one term that you're going to hear is echo chamber today with social media and capacity to talk to thousands or listen to thousands of people it's so easy to get lost in a sea of group think often in the capacity that i work as a person with a podcast on social media as a life coach just being in this type of influencer world even though i'm not like a traditional influencer that's something I get caught up in so much is all, your whole news feed is just like all the same thing. It just sounds like the one, there's just one voice out there, right? And it's not life-giving. It's not life-giving. And that's one thing that I've been so pursuant at. It's like, I want what I share to be life-giving. And the only thing that's life-giving is the truth that God reveals to me and the life experiences that I've had that he's afforded me to gain wisdom from. And connecting that with people is what is so fun about life that's like the best part of life it's like making memories collect memories not things i used to have that as a quote on something i can't remember but i love that quote i'd much rather collect memories than a bunch of tchotchkes and so scripture is life-giving that's that whole scene i just painted that's that soul nourishment is what the scripture offers spending time with the lord offers jesus set healthy boundaries by knowing when also to say no, it's to go back to that point, it's rare to hear something original. And that's what's so life-giving about scripture because you get original thought, you get original words, original connections to what's going on. You're not lost in this echo chamber of your mind. So much of our day is repeated, including what we think. And so when we read scripture and we connect with the Lord through prayer. It's like new life, new thoughts, new words, renewing our mind day after day. The founding verse of this whole thing I'm doing, Romans 12 too, it's the whole reason I'm a life coach. I want to help people renew their mind. 
and transform their life because of the truth of God, because of scripture, because of their relationship with the Lord. That's what sets, I guess, my stuff apart from secular life coaching is because I'm here to help you focus and align your life with the Lord because that is what is nourishment. That is what is fulfilling and that's what brings contentment. So Annette's part is, furthermore, Jesus does teach us how to say no and he sets healthy boundaries with no and when to say no. In Mark 1, chapter 1, verse 37, when he declined to stay in a place where people were looking for him, they wanted to come and talk and he was like, no. I've got to move on because I've got to go to this other village and preach. And when he healed the one leper, he healed the leper and he said, go and don't tell anyone that I've healed you because he's not prideful. He's not here to boost himself up. He was here to simply serve and teach and be emboldened in what the truth was and give that to people because that's what people are seeking is truth and purpose. God is the answer to that. And knowing when to say no, knowing when that's not what I'm supposed to be focused on right now. I'm the worst at shiny object syndrome. It's like, I'm so multi-passionate and God made me that way. And I'm thankful for it because it keeps me learning and engaging in the world that I'm in. But it's very challenging to see things through, see things to the end. So I'll get all these ideas and I'll go full force. And then I get another idea from that idea and I go full force. And then I've got a bunch of full forced ideas started but not an endpoint. And that speaks to my journey with the Lord. He's trying to sanctify me through this. So learning to say no is a part of that. Learning to say no and have the obedience and the discipline to say, no, that's not where God needs me right now. This is what I need to focus on. No, I don't need to sign my kids up for something else because we don't need to have our schedule like that. We need rest. We need space. We need to be able to communicate effectively. And if we're constantly going and moving. We're not even connecting as a family. We're having no communication as a family. The central point of me being here as a mother, God gave me children for a reason. We have to have enough discernment to see and to know when to say no. And that's definitely a boundary setting skill and one that many people need to learn because we get caught so much up in what this world wants us to have and do. And it's so sick because it's such a distraction from God and his nature. And ultimately what would truly bring us an understanding, fulfillment. So many people are lost. I don't know what to do. I don't know where my life's going. Why is it like this? And it's just get still, create space, say no to things so you can have the capacity with the resources that you have to do what you need to do. And that's just the beauty of the Lord and him working in your heart and in your life. Boundaries are a part of our life because they should be. And God exhibits, Jesus exhibits these boundaries. And we just went through some examples, but there's a lot more in scripture. And I hope this conversation helped you. I hope that you have an understanding a little bit more of what God means by the way he's lived and the way he showed us to live and what should be important and not. It helps us to have a living example of the right way to do things. And I love that about being a Christian because we have that example and we can reference it as much as we need to, to get it into our stubborn minds, how we can change and really transform our life and orient our nature to be more like Christ. That is truly life-giving. And having similar boundaries that God set and exemplified in his life here gives us so much hope for our future, gives us so much nourishment for our soul, gives us original thoughts and original understanding and connection. And that's a legacy. That's a true legacy that we can pass on. That's a true thing that we can leave this world and impact that we can make. And it just is as simple as having certain conversations with people. I hope this conversation was a little bit enlightening and helps you to have an understanding of what are boundaries and what does biblical boundaries look like and how can we set that? If you're needing more support with this, please grab my course, Calibrate Your Compass. 
Again, you can find the link to that in the show notes and get into our private Facebook community group so we can get connected and have a place to just have more intimate conversations and have a place where you can come to that you know is supportive of what you hold your values to and your where your moral compass lies. I'm so happy you're here, friend. I'm so thankful that we've connected. Thank you, God, for bringing us together all to his glory. And until next time, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. Go live with bold intention, everyone. Bye for now. 